joining us this month again. This is a little monthly rundown on uh, how Michael's getting on with improving his personality. Well, so we got, I don't know why anybody can recognize the fella over that side in the very corner there is professional world snooker referee Brendan Moore. Uh, Brendan's decided to come on this evening because he can't sleep. You know, we're going to come on, we're going to talk about a few things. We're going to we're going to talk about Brandon a little bit because, you know, we've done profiles in the past with professionals and three or four world champions, but we've never really sort of got into a chat with a professional referee. So, you know, Brandon, thanks very much for popping on, saying hello. You're welcome. Can okay. I just, just interrupt one second? Did you say you just never had a proper conversation with a referee? Well, no, I just... <laughs> Ah, I sure. said we've never really had a good conversation. We've never really had a good conversation. Well, that's what my point is. That's still not a proper professional referee, is it? I mean, <laughs> you just said you've never had a proper conversation with a proper professional referee, and I'm sure you've spoken to Paul on this show. So that proves my point. Even you don't think he's a proper professional referee. Yeah, but, well, that's, well I, look, listen, Paul's very dull. He's very, very dull, but I didn't want to say anything. And he told me he was busy this evening, actually. He said he's not going to watch this. You know, so I didn't want to bring Paul in again because he uh, he kind of let himself down a bit, Brendan. You know what I mean? He, Paul he, always lets himself know. down. And I'll tell you what, Brendan, I'll tell you this right now. He was slagging you off something. He was slagging you off all, all through the whole show. Believe it. You know, I believe it. I believe he, it. He didn't have a good word to say about you, but I tell, I'll right. tell you what I have. Actually, I'm just having a look. I'm actually just having a look at your business card here, Brendan. You know the business card you gave me a while ago? The one that you it told me you lost. Here, it says here, Assistant Tournament Director. Yeah. I'm kind of thinking maybe Paul's got in and you're out. No. Paul's already the Tournament Director. Oh, he's the man. He's the man. <laughs> he has to tournament direct because he certainly can't ref. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. I think we could probably go through the mistakes. And that, by the way, Brendan, this is one of the things we're going to talk about here because you know I've I've had some trainee referees come down to my pro arms. Like Paul. I've had, I've had to kick him out. You know, I don't know why I get a wee bit nervous. Now, it is a bit nerve-wracking. If you've got, like, maybe a few million people watching you on live TV and you've got maybe a... All right, we didn't quite have uh, Hong Kong's 9,000 audience, did we? But if you obviously, you've obviously been in the arena when there's been a, a, at least a couple of thousand people there staring down waiting for you to make a mistake. Yeah. Now, <laughs> I suppose with experience... It, you kind of just shut yourself off from the crowd and get on with the job. Yeah, I mean, but, you can't ignore you can't ignore the crowds there because obviously you've got to control the crowd as well when they get a bit too involved. But yeah. personally, I, I love it. I mean, the way I am, I don't care whether there's one person in the crowd or 10,000, the more the merrier. But my attitude is, as this is what I try and teach refs as an assessor, the crowd aren't there to see you. Unless you make a mistake, nobody cares who's the referee. And that's my attitude. That's why... I don't worry who's there. Um, you can't worry about it. You've got to do your job. If you do your job and don't make a mistake, nobody cares you're there. Nobody and that's knows. the best way to think about it. Sorry, Michael. Nobody sees you if you don't make a mistake, do they? They don't even... Correct. Know. Yeah. That's Correct. the best way. Best way to yeah. be. But the more people in the crowd, the better. I love it. 
I love it. How many is at the Masters? Is that 2,000? That's about two and a half, maybe even approaching three. Because that's that's the biggest crowd, isn't it? Yeah, well, we've done the Moscone Cup there, and that's been like nearly 3,000 people. And that, that crowd's even louder than the snooker crowd at the Masters. What's that, the tiddlywinks thing? Don't. Don't. I'm very protective of the nine ball. We like the nine ball. I don't even I don't even know how to play nine ball. Well, I don't even know how to play black ball. Nine ball's a terrific game. I love nine ball. Nine ball is the most exciting pool game you can play. Brendan, is that right? I agree. I'd I rather, agree. We I'd love the nine ball. Fishing. Say again. I'd rather go fishing. You stick to fishing, I'll stick to the nine ball. Well, I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm sure we'd all rather you go fishing, actually, Michael. You know what I mean? Because I've seen, I've seen your snooker game, and uh, oh, I've heard about your refereeing as well. Oh, no, I, I was refereeing uh, a World Billiards event on the uh, on Saturday. I heard you're a bit slow. I heard you're very slow. Uh, two. <laughs> Not very impressive. Yeah, but there are, there are a lot of old people play billiards. Brandon, when did this all start for you? How did you get into snooker refereeing or anything else? Um, back in 2002, I first took my referee's exam because I was captain of a team in Sheffield. Um, just wanted to know the rules. And the short version is two years later, I went to an under-19 event in Wellingborough and that semi-final lineup had um, Judd Trump, uh, Jamie Jones, Chris Nobre, um, Mark Allen, I think. So I think that was the lineup back then. And Len Ganley happened to be the head ref on site. And as most, in case you don't know, uh, his son, Mike Ganley, is the tournament director of World Snooker. So he contacted him and said, there's a guy you need to look at. And that's how I got into World Snooker. Right place, right time. Very lucky. Very lucky. Yeah, you know, you mentioned Len there. I know Len. Last time I saw Len was in the QE1 Snooker Club in Belfast. Uh, probably actually couple of years before he passed away yeah so i can't really remember when that was but i was talking to him about luke snake league snooker and i think i was actually quite drunk and we were having a joke we were talking about we were having a we, we were talking about alex higgins and we were talking about uh some of the some of the top players in that that particular club at the time but uh no we were just sharing we everybody shares we jokes about alex higgins you know because <laughs> alex <laughs> Alex is uh, well, you know. Alex is what was what, what Alex was. But did you ever referee Alex? Not on the main tour. No, he'd stopped by the time I came through. But I refed him. Uh, we came across to Ireland for the world, the Six Reds a good few years ago, and he played in that event. And I refed him in that. So I've only ever refed him once. Uh, yeah, in the Six Reds, that was it. And the only other time I ever met was in uh, the waterfront when I was there for the Northern Ireland Trophy years ago. Before it was a home nation event, I've met him there. Proper character. That's all I can say from my experience of him. A lot of stories, Alex. Of course, Alex's heyday. Uh, there was less restrictions on and off the table. Alex was uh, Alex was often drinking on the job, <laughs> so to speak. And yeah. Uh, yeah. of course, these are the days, maybe the seventies and the eighties, when the when the when the the beers. Or that area around the table was engulfed in cigarette smoke, you yeah. know. And um, it used to get on a lot of players' nerves. I know it used to get on Steve Davis's nerves. You know, quite often you'd see Steve with a with a hanky, you know, getting the smoke 
away. But, you know, it kind of remains. It remains me. I mean, I suppose we are all old enough to remember. Well, I'm obviously the youngest one here, but I can still remember. You know, the working men's clubs when everybody was smoking over the sugar tables and the poker tables. And, oh, it was awful. It was awful. It was like it was part of life. Now, Michael, you know, did you just say he was the youngest one here? I think so, yeah. No, I can't be. I can't be right. I can't be right. Listen, don't you turn on me. You've only been on here about ten minutes, okay? And, then and I'll be gone in two more. <laughs> right. But um, yeah. So I mean, being there in in front of a big, big crowd, Brandon. You know, I mean, was there ever a? What's your most embarrassing moment? Well, uh, um, oh, I remember actually. I was just about to say I can't actually think of one, but I can. Um, during the COVID season, we had the we were in lockdown in Milton Keynes for most events, and I was refing the Scottish Open. I think it was Ronnie against Ding, um, and I called a foul that I was convinced was a foul. Ronnie immediately questioned it, and the minute he gave his reaction, um, it made me doubt. So I looked at it again on the camera, realised from a different view it wasn't a foul, changed my decision, and we carried on. So that's probably the the most embarrassing. But again, you've got to. You can't be afraid. You make a mistake. You put hold your hands up and say, "I made a mistake," and you get on with it. So, and what I find with with players, Brendan, because you know I've been to the venues many times there when I was when I was looking after a couple of couple of players. Um, as as quite often the players would misbehave when when they know they're not on the camera. Perhaps maybe the qualifiers. You know, you, you'd hear a bit more swearing more than normal. You know, and. Uh, <laughs> well, they might, yeah, they might have done back in the day, but there's all new rules in place now that you don't really get well, much of that I, anymore. I felt sorry for some of the referees. I'm not going to mention any referees' names or players because I know the players and they know who they are, you know. But they're, you know, they're quite often effing and blinding and sitting down, and they're already they've already been told off for their language or their behaviour or putting the cue down or, you know. Throwing a ball across the table, and and the, the poor old referees sort of taught to make a decision. What am I going to do? Like I want to give you a warning, a warning, you know. But how far does a player have to go, Brendan? How far? Say, for example, you were refereeing me, and I continuously swore, continuously stumped my cue down, and you came over and say, "You'll have to, you'll have to keep your voice down. Stop swearing. How far have I got to push you before you're going to dock a frame?" It's only one swear word. You get one swear word. If you it's swear, one. if you swear and the ref hears you, the ref will give you a warning instantly. And the follow-up will be, if I have to warn you again, you will lose a frame. So if you swear again, you'll lose that frame. That's just what Ben did to Jimmy the other day, didn't he? He said, uh, one more like that and you'll, I'll dot your frame. Yeah, yeah. He gave, he gave him a warning, yeah, yeah. So that's the same thing. Whether it's... Whether it's conceding when they can with enough balls on the table to win, if they punch the table, if they swear, if the referee deems fit to have a word with them, they'll give them a warning. That, like I said, that follows up with telling them that if they do it again, they lose a frame. If they do it again, they lose that frame, and then that word will be: if you do it again, you will lose the match. So that's it, three and out. Yeah, three and out. It's 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 very interesting to know that, Brandon, because I mean the guys, the guys that some of the guys who are gonna watch this maybe a bit later will, will probably wonder why, how how far they can push a referee, how far they can they how many mistakes that they can they can make. I mean, the worst situation I've had 
with two very, very good amateurs, Brendan. I'm not going to mention their names. Very, very good amateurs playing on one of my pro-arms with a thousand-pound prize pot, and they cocked the scores up. Yeah. And uh, they couldn't agree. They're arguing away, arguing away. No shots were being played. So I came over to the table. I said, right, boys, what's going on here? And uh, one of them said, oh, well, he's he's cocked the scores up. He didn't put a score up. And and I know I've got – I'm 29 behind, and there's 31 left on the table. I know, I know, blah, 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 blah. And it went on like that, you know. And, and I looked around and said, has anybody seen the scores? And, of course, one of the players' dad said, I did. I said, well, hang on, we need somebody else. <laughs> yeah. And there was nobody else, and it carried on and on, and I just ended up sitting down for 10 minutes, and one of them went out, and I came up, and I said, listen, boys, listen, if you can't sort this out, I'm going to, I'm going to end this match. None of you are going through. I'm going to terminate this match. If you're not gentleman enough to carry on playing the match, I'm just going to end the game, and you're both out of the tournament if you can't sort it out. So you've got to make a decision. Right. If you want me to make a decision, I'll listen both of you and I'll make a decision. If you won't let me make a decision, then you're both out to turn them. You know, what would you have done in that position there, Brendan? Well, I want to kick them both out. What did you say you were ref in the ref in the game? Well, I was a tournament director. We didn't have any referees. Right, okay. Well, that's the thing though. So in any any snooker, if you've got a game where there is no referee, the non-striker is the referee. That's in the rule book. The non-striker is the referee. So at that point, he's in charge of the scoreboard. Pretty much. So that's why you've got to deal with it. But like you said, they've got to come to an agreement. But also in the rule book now with the new rules that stated that both players, as well as the referee, are responsible for the scoreboard. Mm -hmm. So there comes a point where it's actually condoned. So if you, for example, if I'm playing you, Dave, and I know that your break is, say, 50, but the referee's calling only, is calling only 45, if I don't correct it straight away, then there comes a point where it's condoned and it just has to stand. You can't get involved too late. Yeah. So so that's how you deal with it. Yeah, but like I say, in an amateur game when there's no refs, the other player is the ref. So basically, he's they have to go with that. That's probably going to open up a massive can of worms at amateur snooker now. <laughs> I mean, it's been, said, it's been said many, many times when in arguments about, you know, oh, there's no referee. Well, of course there's a referee. It's the non-striker. Yeah, there's always a referee. Yeah. yeah, and people go, well, you can't be referees. You know, well, that's how it is. And you've, just yeah. got to, you've just got to play with it like that. It's, uh... Yeah, it can be a tough one. It can be a tough one. Sorry, Dave. Most of the time, there's never any trouble. You know what I mean? Uh, I mean, I, I've been around for so many years, I don't even worry about trouble, but it's mostly free balls. You know what I mean? And the, no, no disrespect to the lads. No disrespect to the lads. But... 99% of the time when I'm called down for a free free ball, it's so bloody obvious. I, I'm really yeah. surprised I'm even asked to look at it, you know, because they, they seem to think, oh, you can hit, you can hit, you can actually hit the side of that ball, Dave. I said, uh, well, well, no, it's not quite like that, mate. You, you have to be able to hit the very edge of that ball. You have to hit, I call it the paint, the paint of the other ball, you know, and when I look down all the time, it's so obvious to me, but it's not obvious to them. And then very often I've got to call another player over. Is this a free yeah. ball? No, that's it. Fine, that's it. That's the end. But to say, but to say the extreme paint that what you've just said is, is actually wrong. It's extreme. It's the extreme edge because the sides of the ball. You, you can't say sides because this. It's not the extreme sides. It's the extreme edge. 
And depending yeah. where the cue ball is, the edge of the object ball is different. And this is what a lot of people don't realise. Yeah, when they're really close, it's just... Yeah, it's like that great example that you get on a you get on a question that you ask a lot of the pros and they don't know. If you put the two bolt colours on the bolt line with a red right in between, so all three of them on the line touching and the cue ball's in hand, if you ask most of the players, this is a free ball, they're all going to say yes, because <laughs> they can't hit both sides. But you, but you can, obviously, because if you put the cue ball really close to the red... All of a sudden, you've got this angle now, but that's the extreme edge, not the side, and that's what the rule says—the edge. Yeah. So it's the edge again. It's there the edge. There you go, guys. There you go. You know what a free ball is now. You know what isn't a free ball. So there's nothing more we can do there. You know. So anyway, seeing, seeing we haven't talked an awful lot about <laughs> Paul, Paul, we're going to touch who? on Paul. Oh, you know who I'm talking about. You know, I, you know, you know who I'm talking about. We're talking about, you know, we're talking about this man here. Oh no! I, I wish I had a job. You know, the the thing is now, Paul, <laughs> like all of us, Paul's getting on a little bit now, isn't he? He's older you than know? me, that's for sure. He's not very tall, um, is he? <laughs> I think he can actually. He has. A, he's, he looks as if he's having a little bit of trouble seeing the edge of that ball there. Uh Take the picture off. Please take the picture off. You know, he tries his best to come on there, you know. But, uh, you know, and it is, you know, I'll tell you what, some of the referees now, you know, some of the referees are getting on a bit. You know, I don't want to mention any names now, Brandon, you know, but some of the referees, you know, (laughs) I think some of the referees should be in a home. They should be in a nursing home, Brandon. You know, and uh, (laughs) I mean, Leo's got to be what at least 102 years old. I mean, I don't know, I don't know how old he is. I'm not saying about uh, Leo, I love Leo, I love Leo. I've never (laughs) left Leo alone. Leo's great referee, you know, he's 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 a little bit shy, he doesn't like coming on, you know. he's He's a great guy, he's a great guy. There we are, we are getting on a bit. I mean, myself, Jan. Oh, sorry, just dropped my pen. Myself, Jan, Paul, we've had our younger days. It's now time Listen, to let the, the perfect age for doing this kind of thing is my age, which is 45. That's the best age to be doing these things, you know, running I'll let you know when I get there. live streams, you know, and uh, I checked, actually, I checked it out. Actually, Brandon, you're actually not that far behind me, you know. I, I know uh, how old you are. You know? I'll, I'll let you know when I get, when I get to 45, I'll let you know. Keep young looking, and Paul, of course, Paul, Paul must be at least sixty-six by now. Must he? Surely, he must be near coming up towards his pensionable age. Is he? Depends how mean you want me to be. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know, I've, I've got, I've got. I mean, I love Paul. I've got. To, I've just got to squash something now because we've obviously we have I've, Paul and Jan are probably my best mates on tour. They're the first two that I met when I first came on in two thousand and four, and I'm really close with them. Um, and me and Paul for years have always had digs at each other on social media, in person, everyone thinks. And it's, there's quite a few people that think it's genuine hatred that we don't like each other with some of the comments that we say. I mean, we're talking about this today, for example, a few years ago, we flew to China together. And I think I put a tweet out saying, really looking forward to China. Just unfortunately, I've got to sit next to this Muppet for eight hours and put a picture of Paul on. So obviously he retaliates. And then people get involved thinking it's genuine. But I just want to point out, I think Paul's brilliant. I mean, we always, we're always we always having a pop at each other. 
But it, like I say, him and Jan are my best mates, and I won't do without him. That's the na- one and only time I'm going to say anything nice about Paul. <laughs> oh, look, look, listen, we've been, I think we've been a wee bit too hard on him. You know, uh, you can never, you, you now you did say to me, Ben, you can never be too, you can never be too hard on him. But, no, we uh, haven't been hard enough on him, but I just want to put that to, to bed. Can I just answer a couple of these down the side? Yeah, sure. Go on. Just, the first one that came up, I just saw from Alan Francis at the, there. How do you maintain your concentration as a ref? Do you have any secrets to do this? We've always said the top refs will always say the hardest part of our job is the concentration. Um, if you have to, you could be 100% focused. And if you have a dealing with the crowd or something catches your attention, if you, once you're in the zone, if you lose that for a split second, then you're, you're opening yourself up for a world of pain and it's easy to happen. Um, so do you have any secrets? Is well, no, not really. It's 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 simple, just try and concentrate on your game. If you have to deal with the crowd, whether they're loud or it's headsets or whatever, then deal with it. But just focus on your game, you have to focus on your game. And it's quite hard in venues now, like the UK and stuff, where it's multi table and it's open plan where you can look across, so it's easy to get distracted there as well. But you've just got to remember that it is a professional game, you are doing a job, and you've got to focus on your own. So you can't afford to make mistakes, though, Ben. And I mean, at can't. your level, you can't can't make mistakes. You can't. Everyone makes mistakes. I mean, players make mistakes when they're playing. Um, commentators will make mistakes what they're calling out. We make mistakes when we're actually refing. It's just like anything. It's like in football, if a goalkeeper makes the mistakes, invariably it cost them a goal. We make a mistake in snooker, and it could cost somebody a match. So you, you you've got to be on the ball. Um, concentrate and, and just really keep your mind focused. It, I mean, people say our job's easy. It's not. I don't think our job's easy at all, but um, especially the concentration side of it. Well, it's not just. Sorry, go on. It's not just what? I've noticed that. I've noticed that uh, you, you've been attacked. I wasn't aware really until maybe last year that the uh, ref, referees of you, at your level are actually attending and running the Q Tour events. Which is very very good. I mean, you, you, I mean, you guys are actually quite busy, Brian. I don't think, I don't think people, I don't, I don't, I don't think a lot of the players out there, a lot of the snooker fans out there, realize how busy you lads are. I mean, you're, yeah. I mean, you, you're actually doing quite a lot off the table as well. So, I mean, running a tournament, just talk us through. I mean, you, you know, a tournament director. I mean, everybody sees you as the referee. The, you know, the, the. The top you and Jan and, and and Paul is maybe the top referees, but in the background, your tournament directors give us a wee bit of an insight. Into well, that. Th- th- this week, for example, we've got we're in Leicester at the moment, and we, we're the qualifiers for the English Open. Paul's the TD of the event, and I'm the assistant TD. So we obviously um, we set uh, the events, set all the scoring system up, um, make sure everything's working that way. Get the referees, rotors, the matches out. Uh, anything that happens uh, out there, the referee, or dis- referee deals with the game. But anything further than that or venue-wise, the TDs are in charge, control everything. It's hard to put, just to pinpoint what actually the TD does in the uh, professional game because you're in charge of the whole event, really, working with the venue people. You're, you're just the ones in charge to make sure the event runs smooth. Um, and going on to the Q-Tour that you said, I'm the TD of the Q-Tours which for anyone that doesn't know is the next step down, the amateurs that are playing for a tour card the following season. 
And I love doing that because we go around different clubs in the UK and there's been these two in Europe this season again. Um, and I love running that event. Um, WPBSA put me in charge of it a couple of years ago. Drone format come out. We get to the event. And the players have a good crack. We have they, Again, there's no referees of the games, but there's two referees in the area in case there's problems. They get on with it themselves. And I've, I think in the two or three years I've been doing it, I've seen one occasion where players have got into it and not agreed. But they're very good like that. They know they referee their own games and it's a privilege to be a part of it. Don't they have referees from the quarters? The, yeah, on the last day. They have two referees for the first two days that are roaming referees. And then on the Friday, on the Sunday, on the last day, there's four referees. So the quarter, semis and final are all refed. So it's, it's really good. But like you say about being busy, I mean, myself, Paul, Jan, a few of the others, we're, it could be anything like 150 days a year where you're away from home because we referee, we assess referees, we're tournament directors. I do the Q tour. I work for Matchroom for the nine ball. Same as Paul, we do the Championship League, the Champion of Champions. There's, we're always busy. And I'm also, me and Jan run the new EPSB referee scheme to get new referees involved. So we do online courses for that. Question for that. Yeah, we'll come back to that soon. So yeah. Yeah, we're always busy. We never switch off. I mean, it is a full-time job. And, but again, it's not a complaint. We love it. It's a great job. Well, I'll be uh, I'll be getting in touch with you, Brendan, on in December and January. I've got a couple of pro arms up north, up in Lincoln and Sheffield. Yeah. So I'll be uh, I don't mind them coming over. A few of the EPSB lads have come over and they've done a great job. By the way, Brendan, they came over yeah. to Stratford, Stratford upon Avon, Northampton. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they came over level three. They were level three. And yeah. they, they did really enjoyed the afternoon. I, I, could, I could, we couldn't really afford to pay them out of the pot, but we, I, I actually, you know what, <clears throat> you know what, Brendan, I bought them a bottle of wine and I bought their bloody lunch. You know what I mean? Good and on uh, you. you Good don't on get you. any thanks from the players. You don't no. get any thanks. You don't get any thanks from the players. See the players, Brendan. They're not. They're the most ungrateful little gits. You know, and they expect everything. Well, you know, and they. I don't know. I have good dealings with them. I have good dealings with them. I like the I like the crack with them, especially the Qto lads. I think they're great. I think they're great. I'm, just gonna answer, right. I'm gonna go through some of these. Who is the karate black belt referee? I'm assuming that oh, yes. means Ben Williams. I think he's the black belt. Oh. oh, he's the one you don't argue with, isn't he? Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's uh, black belt. Hi, Brendan. I've noticed these days you have a remote control in your hands to do the scores. This must be difficult as well as refereeing too. It's actually easier because most of our games that we referee, we use this, we call it a zapper, which is the remote scoring. And it's only when you're on the TV table and like the world's, the UK, the Masters, where you have a marker that does the scoring for you. So most of our games, we have that remote. So until you, it's actually easier with the remote in your hand. And then when you when you don't have it, when you're on TV, it's like, well, you've got a spare hand. So it takes a few frames to get used to that. I actually like, it's not off-putting. I like the remote. What's the last one? What's your highest break? 63, still 63, still not beat it. And I never will because I don't play anymore. That's terrible. You know, Brandon, I'm yeah. very disappointed to hear that. I thought you yeah. could at least play the game. No, you 63, know? 63 in a match. I've had more in practice, but 63 in a match. But now I just play nine ball. I don't play snooker anymore. Brandon, Brandon, I'm hitting 60 breaks with 10 paints again. I said, me, what's the matter with you? Fair enough. You know, what's the matter with you? That's all right. That's why you look like you do and I look like I do. <laughs> yeah, that's that's when you get like at 45. I think he asked for that yeah. one, didn't he? 
<laughs> if only that remote control could eject players that don't behave very well in the yeah. tournament. And you know fans. I mean? And spectators. Yeah. If only that remote control could just push a button and take 60-year-old <laughs> ex-professionals and throw them out the building because they give you a headache. I hope you're watching, Gary. I can hear Gary talking five tables away, you know, and none of it's good. Honestly, shocking. You know? <laughs> Michael, what did you... Oh, Look at you. Just <laughs> sitting there like... You know, Brendan, I'll tell you what you were doing. You were just sitting there like a wee mouse for about four hours. Look at you. The the actually, actually, I'll tell exactly what I'm doing there. If you see in front of me, my phone's on a stand. If I remember rightly, I was watching Sheffield Wednesday. You were, yeah, yeah. I, that's that's why was, you came and told me off. What's in the cup? Yeah. What's in the cup, Brendan? Is it rum? <laughs> it's a can, isn't it? No, there's a cup. A there. There's a cup there. I think it's full of rum. Let's have a look at it again for goodness. Let's have a look. I can't remember. Oh, that was my room. Yeah, that's my dead man's fingers. Yeah. You didn't touch a drink. <laughs> you, know, no, mine's touch a, a drink. you can see mine. My, mine's the can there, the Dr. Pepper. And other drinks are available, obviously. <laughs> I think this was actually the finals day, wasn't it? It would have yeah. been, yeah, because the trophy was out. That was in Brighton, Brighton. wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, Q Tour, uh, Q Tour Tour at the Brighton event. Yeah. 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 I'll tell Michael, you what, what, you know, like... Go on, oh, I'm sorry. No, I'm going to say, Michael, what did you want to ask about the ref well, course? Yeah. You, you mentioned the, uh, the, the the new scheme, if you like, the, yep. to, to try and get more referees in. It's actually the WPBSA scheme now, isn't it? It's it is now, one. yeah. yeah. Uh, and the EPSB have obviously adopted it. That's what they're, they're using. And hopefully the rest of the world will, will follow it. So they're all uh, singing from the same hymn sheet, if you like. That's the plan eventually, yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <clears throat> when it was the EPSB scheme recently... There, there used to be another level under level three for league referees, for people who didn't want to referee in any bigger tournaments than that, just wanted to be able to, to say that they, they knew the rules, they'd been tested on the rules or whatever, and they could referee at league standard. And EPSB were going to bring this uh, league referee standard in. And then, obviously, when the WPBSA took over the refereeing scheme, that's disappeared now. Yeah, I didn't like it. I didn't like the idea for a start because under this, under this, I mean, some people like it, some don't, right or wrong. I don't have an opinion. I just enjoy doing the course. But with the cost that's involved now for a, a new referee to come through and the time scale of it, there was no way you could make it, well, it, time consuming as well that we'd have to then go, because the idea was they weren't going to learn the rules sort of inside out. It was like a basic knowledge. Then you've yeah. got to have a. Then you've got to say, well, what's classed as a basic knowledge? So that we were expected then to try and come up with another course to go through the basics of the rules to get people through. But okay. like I say, what's the basics? You either know the rules or you don't. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and people that wanted to do the just the club uh, standard referee, they um, they wouldn't get an official certificate. No. So how much would they pay for the course? When would they run the course? Who would monitor them to make sure they're doing the right things? And it was it was a tough one. It was a tough one. Um, I'm not saying it stopped because I disagreed with it. I mean, if it happened, I would still teach it. I'd be fine with it. Yeah. Uh, but I don't think, personally, I don't think that'll come in. I think we'll stick with the Class 3, Class 2, Class 1 that we've got. Yeah. 
Yeah, because class threes now is like 149 or something like that. I think so, yeah. Yeah, and it takes about 16 weeks now. Yeah, and the, the league one was only something like 50, 30, 30 or 50 quid or something. Yeah, I couldn't tell you. I don't know that. I yeah, know. it was like probably affordable because our league in Carlisle, we've got, we've got a pool of referees, you know, lads who are just willing to, to say, yeah, well, I'll put me down and, if, you know, if you need a referee, we'll... We'll do it, and all the individual competitions we get them all refereed and everything. But that's only with with us as as like a pool of referees. But it's it's difficult. Obviously, there's no uh, qualifications or anything. All we do is yeah. say, just look at the WPBSA thing online. Yeah. You, you don't even have to buy a rule book, do you? Just download the PDF. You can just yeah. Get it. That, uh, that's the that's the tough thing now. That. Um, I mean, I, I've got to be honest. I, I generally don't know which. I'll probably get in trouble for saying this. I generally don't know which scheme was best. I really like the one that we're doing now. Yeah, it, it works well. I mean, myself and Jan do the online course for the, teaching the rules and go through it all. And then they get passed on to a mentor who then oversees what they do from there, okay. um, which is, it works really well. Yeah. Um, the only the only downside for me is we don't get the at the table with them now. So you don't get to meet them in person, go through things. Um, and I understand why we've done it, why it's been put in that way. We can do more at a time. Um, I used to do five or six in a time and people would have to travel to Sheffield. We had a few examiners all over the country. Granted, we've lost that now. But it just, <coughs> it was a failing system. It definitely was a failing system and something needed to be done. And, yeah. and we're learning as we go, but I think we're getting it right. And I just hope one day it branches out and not just the EPSB and other people, other places adopt it. Whether they do, I don't know, but I know that's what our aim is. There's yeah. the rat catcher. There's yeah. the rat catcher. Brendan, Brendan, I was telling you earlier about dissected mice. Yeah. This little bastard here is responsible for all of that. You know, he doesn't eat his food. He just eats mice, you know. Anyway, <laughs> bugger off. Go on. Brendan, that's just... Just extend on this here. We're now we're talking about the see see the final exam. That's just talk us through the kind of the kind of process and questions that somebody would would have to 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 deal with going through that final exam. Well, again, it's different now. There's no longer a there's no longer a final exam um, because it's an ongoing process. It takes sixteen weeks. So they once they've done the course with me and Jan, the mentor gets in touch with them. Then they go out and they referee six local games. Record the match sheets, record their assessment sheets themselves, what they think they did right, what they did think they did wrong. They contact the mentor and they go through it all on a Zoom call, um, how to progress and how to improve it. Yeah. But just before that, my, myself and Jan wrote um, like a 75 questions uh, and answers paper. Mm -hmm. So the mentors will just pick those at random. Yep. to gain that just to have an idea what the knowledge is say you did the course with me and Jan over the next two weeks then three or four weeks later this mentor will contact you they go through the questions and see what your knowledge is have you retained the knowledge are you struggling <laughs> if you're struggling they'll try and develop and go through that to make sure you understand it um and once they're happy they don't pat you don't pass and fail but they say okay i'm happy that you know what you're doing here you go go out and ref then they'll ref the six games, the mentor coaches them, and at some point when that mentor is happy, they will then officially pass them and they'll get their Class 3 certificate. Whereas in the past, you'd have a three-hour seminar on a, one night about the rules, 
The next week you do another three hours and the week after you have an hour exam and then you say, right, you've done, passed, off you go. And that was it. Seven hours, you were a referee and nobody followed it up. Whereas now you've got experienced, you've got myself and Jan, you've got Glenn Sullivan Bissett, Ben Williams, Colin Humphreys and a guy from Sheffield called Paul Bannister. So between us, we've got a bit of experience about us that mentor and coach these referees along. So we think it's going well. We get good feedback off them and just hope it continues. I mean, we get many people put the name down for it, pay the money, do the course, and then for whatever reason, just disappear and don't follow it up. But we can only do the course. Who are the mentors? Are they, you say you like yourself and... It, what, myself and Jan don't mentor anymore. We just we do the actual Zoom seminar itself, teaching the rules. And then the mentors are Ben Williams, Glenn okay. Sullivan Bissett, Colin Humphreys, all three have worked for World Snooker, yeah. um, and Paul Bannister, who was an examiner with me in Sheffield. He's one of the mentors. So, like, for us in Carlisle, I suppose Ben would be the nearest. He's Bolton. Well, does, yeah, but that's the thing, because we don't have... Um, where we can, we can do oh. it on location. But because we don't meet them in person, it's all on Zoom now. Okay. Uh, really? So it doesn't really matter. But that was the other thing. We didn't have people that were all over the country that we could use. So at, at points now, they might go and referee an EPSB under-16 event, for example, in Carlisle. And anybody that's on this, that's passed this course who's now referee can go and referee that. And if you've got somebody like myself or Colin or Ben who's available they can go to that event and give them some actual first-hand hands-on coaching. Yeah, if they're available. Yeah. If they're available. That's the plan. But it doesn't always work, so obviously we're so busy at events. So. Yeah. You need you need a, probably a lot more mentors yet, don't you? We do. It's, it's, just, it's an ongoing process trying to get them. But we can't just – it's not just a case of getting anybody as a mentor. Because we're doing it through WPBSA and you've got myself and Jan actually running the scheme, we've got to be happy at who's who we trust to do the mentoring. And to be honest, they need to do it the way that we teach them because that way we know they're getting the world snooker knowledge straight away. Yeah. And that, that's the idea. Yeah. Do you know what, boys? We're, uh, there's some people we're not talking about here. We can't leave them out. Because I think those ladies, those ladies are doing a tremendous job. Oh, yeah. and it's, it's like, a, I don't know, Brandon, give me your feedback on this, but it feels like a whole new wave. Things are changing. We've got some fantastic lady referees. See, you're going to get me going on one here, and you'll get them on it as well, right? There is no such thing as a male referee and a lady referee and a female ref. We're all referees. I mean, obviously, back in the day when Michaela was the only one, it was, yeah, brilliant. She was the only one. She's, she was the lead that people now follow. Um, but you look now, and you've got um, Desi Slava, you've got Tatiana, Micah, Margajota, Monica, um, Pro Latina, there's loads but I, I, I personally I hate them being singled out as female refs they're not getting games because they're female refs they're getting games because they're good referees doesn't matter if they're male, doesn't matter if they're female and, and that gets my back up it really gets my back up, I'm sorry and it does theirs to be fair, they don't like interviews where they're being said what's it like to be a female ref, they're not, they're a ref yeah, no, nobody's, sorry, nobody has once asked me um What's it like being a male referee? What's it like being a Sheffield referee? So why should it be relevant to be what's it like being a female referee? I'm going to get them on here. I'm going to get them on here. Yeah, I'm, bring, on. I'm going to bring the girls on here and I'm going to, they're going to have it out with you. This okay. still, I think you'll find they agree with me. They'll agree. Still, there's still a majority of people call the World Snooker Tour the men's tour. 
Exactly. That's my that's my next point. It's yeah. never been a men's toe, and it's not a men's toe. Oh, no, it's, no, it's not. Mean. It's just a toe. Yeah. yeah. But my, my point is... is yeah, we're not going to talk about Lady Snooker players, okay, Michael? No, no, know, let me just say what we're going to say. Do, yeah, he's, listen, Brendan, every time we talk about that, he does nothing but cause trouble. Who's okay? that? So we're not going to, we're not going to go on that subject matter, all right? No, I'm not talking trouble. about female players. You got me into trouble with Jason Ferguson. No, you got I got me into trouble with you. I, no, I, I just <laughs> want to say, like I say, I just want to say my point is, these, as you say, lady referees... They're not getting the games. They're not doing finals and semi-finals because they're women. They're doing them because they're good refs, and that's the point. They are referees, and it's they're good still, referees. It's still nice to see uh, that the that no women should be scared of trying to be a referee. Correct. That's that's correct. That's the best thing. I mean, you see them, and they are they are good referees. There's no doubt about it. I mean, they wouldn't, and we you know we know that they wouldn't be on telly doing. Doing the referee, and if they if they couldn't do it, I mean, yeah, they, we know that Desi's one of the one of the best. Tatiana's great at doing it. Uh, the others, they're good. At, they're yeah. good referees. They're and great like, role models. I mean, if they bring more, and I'm going to use your words, if they bring more, I mean, I just said more refs. Whoever the refs are, whether the male, whether the female, if they bring more referees into the game, then it's good for the game. Yeah, 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 yeah definitely. I knew you'd get my back up tonight. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, you know, we, we need, get... Uh, we do need loads yeah. more referees, though, at, at all the different standards. And like I say, 150 quid's not a lot, but it is, you know, it is, you know, for us to say, put, as a league, to put 10 referees through that, it's a lot of money. <laughs> yeah. No, I get that. I get that. Yeah. Yeah. So... Anyway, yeah, we get, next. <laughs> we get, I think there's a question down there. Somebody sent a question in down there. Yeah, Matt, uh, Matt Andrews. He's just uh, making a comment more than anything else. Must be great to take part in a heritage, to be a referee named amongst that important line of greats. Do you feel like it's, you've you know, Brendan, you've obviously been a referee for a very long time. And, I mean, you, 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 uh, I get the feeling you thoroughly enjoy your work. Love you it. Know, you're at, yeah. you know, you're at the high end of your work as well. You're on, you're on the limelight. You've got responsibilities as well. Yeah. You know, and you work at the end of the day. You work for World Snooker, so you, you you're kind of going to get it in the neck as well, aren't you? You're going yeah. to get criticism. And how, how do you deal with the criticism? I mean, did you get much of it, or is it just sort of like, is it not there? No, you get you get quite a bit. I mean, that meant that situation I mentioned earlier with the Ronnie Fowl. I got absolutely battered from pillar to post from everybody that all these brilliant referees that see the, the, the TV angle, the shot that they saw at home that I eventually saw that made me change my mind. I didn't have that. So I just had a call to make from where I was. You deal with it, you, you, ha you handle it and you get on with the game. But then when I come off and you get absolutely battered on social media, I don't read it. I don't, I read it, but I don't pay attention. It's like all the good comments you get. Again, the nice to get, but I don't pay attention to them, same as the nasty ones. They're great. I think all social media, I mean, my philosophy is if you if you won't say it to the person's face, they won't put it on social media. But, mm -hmm. yeah, you just, you just mm -hmm. go on with it. I mean, you can't be everybody's favourite. You can't be everybody's oh, favourite. Yeah. Some will have a go, some won't. You just take it on the chin and carry on. 
Well, you know, like listen, some of the some of you boys are get, getting on a bit, you know. I mean, how how <laughs> how far do you see this going? I mean, look, I'm not pecking on anybody in particular, you know. But the thing is, Jan is getting on a wee bit, you know what I mean? He's look, he's even squinting his eyes. Yeah, you know, there's no reason why you should squint your eyes. The only time you squint your eyes is when you're having trouble. And well, you know, I reckon well, Jan must be coming up to what 65, 70. Well, I think he was about 65 in that picture, wasn't he? He's got a beard now. <coughs> he looks like he's trying to put the white on the blue spot there, doesn't he? Yeah. <laughs> no, while ever, while ever we can do the job and they'll let us do it, we'll do it because we love doing it. All of us do. And I don't just right. blame young Paul. Everybody loves it. You've got the uh, young upstarts chasing your tail like Rob Spencer and Co. Young? <laughs> he's older than I am. <laughs> oh, Wow. You know, that was, <laughs> who's the, uh, I'm trying to think of the name of the young European referee, Brendan, he, he, he refereed one of the finals there this season. He's a fantastic young referee. Um, Marcel? Yes, yes, that's him, yeah. Marcel Eckhart. Uh, Mar Mar is it Marcel? Marcel, Marcel Eckhart, he's a, yeah. He's, he's a, I'm really impressed with him, Brendan. He's a fantastic lad. I've had chats with him in the in the in the hotels, which is usually a couple were staying there. I've had chats. He's such a lovely lad. He really is, yeah, and he's, he's a nice very. I tell you what, he's actually quite tough. Really, he's very professional. Yep. You know, when you see a young guy out there uh, with his, with his experience, he handles he handles the scene really, really well. Really impressed with him. He's got a he's got a big future. Yeah, he's, he's, I mean, I think he broke Paul's record. He's the youngest uh, referee of the world final now. Um, but again, he works with me on the nine ball scene, me, him and uh, Desse. We do the nine ball. And he's the, the, they're both the same there. The professionalism, the, the great refs. Long may it continue. I hope they both get many more world finals. The great refs. They are the future of the game. Yeah. These young refs coming through. And that's, that's our next step. I mean, me, Jan and Paul... Um, We've done our bit. Yes, we'd love to do more, but that our aim now is to... I'd love every referee to experience what I've reffed, what I've done. It's impossible for that, but you want to get as many to do it as they can. And while ever we can pass on that knowledge to help them get there, that's... Yeah. I take great pride in somebody walking out to do a big final that I've helped to get to that stage. So, yeah, I, I, I enjoy that now. That's, that's my aim, to get them all to progress the same level. That's what Steve Starkey used to say about about Rob because Steve Starkey, God rest his soul, he always said like you know he'd, he'd help Rob Spencer get on uh, to doing what he was doing. And he said because Steve never wanted to be a pro referee or anything like that. I mean you knew Steve obviously. Yeah. Uh, he was always he always said you know look at that that's I'm proud of that. <laughs> yeah. How he helped Rob. To yeah, it is. It's a great feeling. It's a great feeling when they do it. Yeah, I love it, Brendan. Yes. Brendan, we're going to have to, we're going to have to get rid of you, okay? Because you're yeah. listen. You've done an awful lot. I tell you what, you've done more talking Paul ever could. All right. <laughs> I'm not it's, saying you're any more exciting than him, but you're both okay. All right. Well, on here. I think I talk a bit more sense than he does sometimes, but he'll argue. He'll argue with that. Paul have a counter attack. Brendan, <laughs> look, listen. You've given me a headache. Thanks very much for coming on. All right. My pleasure. My I've pleasure. done very well. I promised you I wasn't going to put you on the spot with any tough questions. All right. I wasn't yeah, going well, to get you into trouble. 
The only person I'm going to get into trouble on here live is with Jason. That's the only person I'm going to get into trouble. Fair enough. <laughs> I hope I've not got myself into any trouble. That's great stuff. Brendan, thanks very much for joining us. I will catch yeah. you again soon. Take it easy, lad. Take you it easy. Hang on. I'll catch you later. All right. Right, guys. Well, spent too much time at Moor. Michael, we've spent too much time at Moor. Okay. We've got George's interview. We've got an interview with uh, Zach. We have little bit of talk about here so listen big congratulations to Farrakh uh winning the q tour three uh at the weekend there he beat uh, harvey chandler five three also well done to josh stomond and ross muir again doing very well young josh seems to be doing very well michael he's uh he's a good friend of peter devlin's and i know peter told me that uh he's up and coming and he seems to be scoring very well, getting very close to some of these events. Yeah, he's always been, uh, well, as long as I've known him, he's always been uh, one you can, you know, if, if he's in the room, you can, you can say, oh, let's just have a watch of him, Mike. You know what I mean? He's, he's one, of the, one of the better ones. He's a, he's a good lad, but he's misunderstood, I think. I think no, he's not. He's not misunderstood. He's a pain in the ass. He's a pain in the ass. <laughs> <He's> Well, we're Josh, going to get Josh. We'll, we'll get Josh on, have a little chat with him about his snooker, uh, his snooker career, and, and he's he's obviously improving quite a bit. He's doing quite well. Uh, another prover is uh, Haman Hussein. You know, I I remember meeting the Hussein boys uh, at Stratford upon Avon. Now Haman is uh, he seems to be getting very close, and nearly everything he's doing, he must be improving. You know, he's in, uh, I I watched him. Years and years ago, at one of the last EASB finals weekends, uh, probably the under 21s or something like that. Yeah, maybe he was runner up to, if I'm right, maybe he was running up, runner up to Louis Eastcourt in that. I'm not 100%, or maybe even beat him, I don't know. But you could see with his, it just his, uh, the way, he's, the way he was like round the table and his cue action and everything, and people, you know, were noticing. He's improving. Yeah, he's a very nice lad. I'm really impressed with him. He's got the head, good head, good temperament. You know, he's got the all round stuff that you need. You know, so yeah. listen, Michael, we're going to have to crack on with some of these interviews here. I want to try and keep this down to an hour. So we caught up with George again, Michael. George, he's one. He's just won a second, the <laughs> second English amateur tour event. He, uh, he also reached the quarters of the more recent Q Tour 3. George uh, got the two fans. Yeah. Uh, he has reached the quarterfinals of this event, so he's obviously doing very, very well. So uh, I caught up with George just the other day, and this is, uh, this is what he had to say. It's that it was, actually, it was actually a cardiologist that told me to drink lemon water. Because he, he oh, said really? to me, it would help me think a little bit more clearly. I'm I not sure know, about no. that, George. No, no, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not too convinced. <laughs> right, now, George, here we go again. We did this a couple of weeks ago, okay? Yeah. Right? Things are looking pretty, pretty good. English Amateur Event 2 winner this week. Event yeah. 1 winner a few weeks yeah. ago. Q2-1 runner-up. Q tour two runner up, Q two three quarter finals. Yeah, you know, uh, you don't see this very often, George. You, you know, on 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 all these platforms, all these events, you don't see this happen very often. It's a very very good saying. So, how are you feeling about your game at the minute with all this? 
good. I mean, it's not more. It's not so much my game. It's more my mentality's changed over like, the last year. You know, it, before if I was getting bogged down in matches, I wouldn't not sort of give up, but I wouldn't really want to be involved in a match like that. Whereas now, I'm more like if I lose, at least make my opponent work for the win, like earn the win. Really, so it's, it's mainly my mentality that's changed. It's not really much in my game. Obviously, I've made a slight technical change, which I told you last time, but that's pretty much it. So yeah, I'm happy with the start. Obviously, I would have wanted to win one of them, well, mm-hmm. both of them finals, but mm-hmm. you know, you can't be um, can't be too disappointed with that start for sure. You know, you're certainly getting the feel of things with traveling around as well. You know, obviously, we've got two events, two Q Tour events in Europe this year too. So you know, well, I mean, your results are your results are over the weekend. You did uh, you did Devlin, Kay, nicely, Cardi. You got your revenge on Martin O'Donnell. <laughs> yes, yeah. yes. Well, that was a that. that was a that's a confidence boot booster there. You know, because Marty obviously. Yeah, beat I, you I really wanted to get him this time because last time he re- he scored me bad. He did. So, he did you I was, yeah, I'm glad I turned up for this one. You looked at, yeah, you look, I tell you what, by the time you got to that fight, that Q Tour final with Martin or George, you did look exhausted, mate. You, you did, you did, you know? Yeah, so, I, mean, I think that's. Yeah. You talked about, you know, the how, how to build yourself up and how to, you know, get yourself in, 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 into the right sort of frame of mind. And you mentioned the mental thing. Obviously, mentally, you, you look very, very strong at the minute, but you're also scoring very heavy on the table as well. You know, yeah. do you feel as if, I mean, practically speaking, you feel as if your your game is is still improving all the time. I mean, in pra- it doesn't feel like it is to be honest. In practice, I mean, I'm I'm not I'm not the best I'm not the best player in practice to be honest. But um, for some reason, when it comes to tournaments and matches, I just seem to play a lot better. I seem to focus a lot harder as well now. In matches, I'm just really focused hard. Whereas in practice, you're not really focused that much. But um, it's weird. I can I can go from playing in practice, not potting a ball, and I've got a tournament the next day, and I'll not not miss a ball. So um, yeah, I don't really take much from practice really because you can play well in practice and then um, not pot a ball the next day, and then vice versa the other way. So uh, yeah, it's just oh. um, gone. Obviously, you know, obviously this time around you've got sponsorship. Things are a wee bit better organised than they have been before. So now you're playing in proper tournament. You're playing in all of these tournaments now because you're you're having consistent match play all the time, George. Is that is that giving you a lot of confidence? Is that is yeah. that instilling you with a lot of you know a lot of drive? Yeah, I mean, it keeps you sharp, doesn't it? I mean, there's, there's players. Mm-hmm. There's players that don't play in much, and then they turn up, and you, you can you can sort of see if they've not been playing that much. You can tell just not by like they're not scoring heavy, just by their match play, really. And mm-hmm. um, playing in all these tournaments, it definitely sharpens you up, and you've got an advantage over most people. So there you go for the viewers out there. You got to keep playing, keep playing as many matches Literally, as you can. Literally playing everything. Let <laughs> people be sick of your face. That's what I say. You know. As I say, uh, George, this will this this little uh, interview will go live uh, on Wednesday evening when myself and Amateur Snooker and Snooker Hub do the live stream. Where we'll have a few guests on. It'll give them a wee bit of an insight. We're going to be talking that evening about uh, the professional 
tear and draw system when it comes to amateurs or lower rank professionals. Do you have any views on that? A little bit of feedback from yourself to the players out there uh, in, in, in that respect. Do you think it's a fair system, the way um, that the tiers are set on the draws for top ranking pros, lower rank pros? I don't even What's know what, what is that? it now. I don't even know what it is now. Well, if you're in the top 32, say you're a top 32 professional snooker player, I think you're pretty yeah. much going to get someone 75 and below. Let's put it that way. So let me just throw that at you. I, I, mean, thought, what, I, thought, it was, um, I thought the lower-ranked pros drew the lower-ranked pros now, no? Is that not correct? No, that's not the case. I think the argument is that a lot of lower-ranked a lot of the lower-ranked professionals are pretty much thrown at the deep end where they maybe perhaps have the view that that shouldn't be the case, that they should perhaps it, it, play around that. In the UK, that's not the case, right? In the UK, that's tiered. Yeah, the U UK is slightly different, but most of the other ranking events, it isn't. Yeah, that's, that's, that's tough, and that's tough with the lower ranked players and the top ups. Really tough. Like the pressure's oh, yeah. bang on them straight away. Whereas if if they drew someone lower ranked, where they think they've got a chance of winning, and then um, maybe they get a win, they get a win under their belt, earn a bit of money, then they can perform better against the um, the top pros. But that's why it's good. Now, like World Snooker, they you know you guarantee twenty k a year now, so I think that well, that will take a lot of pressure. World Snooker, that, that, tremendous! That twenty k is going to be so helpful, George. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah, but not not even just for expenses, but for performances as well. You'll see you'll see a lot of players now. I think play a lot better and get more wins now, and you'll see a lot of people come out of retirement as well. I think. Yeah, no, that no, very, very encouraging. It was obviously a very, very good decision. It was a decision that was perhaps maybe pending for a while. Yeah, you know? I well, you are with, with your current performance, George. You're probably going to get perhaps maybe some pro right pro tournament invitations, as such. You know, maybe in that respect, and you know, there's a fairly likely chance that you'll be you'll be given a top thirty-two player if you went into that draw. You know, so I mean, uh, there's a lot of us out there who think that that's unfair. You know, that it's not. It is what it is, but it is. It is know, I was thinking to say that it is what it is. For some, I would relish. I would relish playing some, uh, you know, top thirty-two player. Ronnie, love, Ronnie, Ronnie for example, yeah, it'd yeah. be brilliant. Then you, then you could sort of gauge where you are. Then, yeah. But anyway, we'll, we'll be having a chat about that, George. So join in and, and, and tell us what you think, you know. So what's coming up for you then? What's next for you? So tomorrow night I'm playing in the 900. So obviously by the time this has gone out, I'll, 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 I've won it or I've lost straight away. Okay. Um, then after that, I believe it's Sweden, Q Tour 4, Four. Stockholm, end of, the, end of November. Okay, will you be flying over there a couple of days before or Friday night? Yeah, uh, Friday, mm -hmm. Friday morning, flying out there. Friday morning. Yeah, okay. looking forward to. It. And you've all, you've already obviously, George, you've already had a taste of flying over to where was it? Brussels, yeah. Brussels? No, no. Where was it? Mons, wasn't it? Mons. Mons. How did that go? Did uh, the transport, the the traveling aspect of it over there? Did, was that okay? Were you comfortable with that? Yeah, that's fine. That was fine. Mm -hmm. I, don't, I don't mind the travelling, really. I don't really mind it. Well, you always used to know me about driving down to bloody Brighton 
and that was only that's a three-hour drive. Moan about that. That's, that's, that's different, though, isn't it? At least, at least you're getting out of the country when you're flying. And I was, I was never going to offer you a tour card, George. That, you know what I mean? That, that's a big difference too. You know. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, kid, thanks for joining us again, and uh, we'll again, be mate. keeping an eye on you. And if you win the next one and the next one and the next one, well, we're just going to have to keep bringing you on and finding out why you keep doing well, what you're doing. You know, I think I'll beat my luck's bound to end eventually. Thanks for joining us, George. Stay on a Cheers, second, everybody. Well, I don't know, maybe I'm going to have, Megan, I'm going to have to cut these videos down a wee bit. They're all they're going on too long, you know. So uh, I'm going to work on that one. All right. All I'm, right. Getting, I'm getting better. I'm getting better. Sure. <laughs> So what do you what do you think then? Is he's he's I mean he's doing so well, isn't he? He's doing fantastic. I mean, uh, I was just looking then as we were thinking, looking at the the draw. I don't think he's playing in the English Amateur Championship, is he? Uh, for whatever reason, I can't see him in in anywhere in the English Amateur Championship. Why not? Don't know. Uh, Probably doesn't offer. Does it offer anything? That's a bit of an argument in itself, isn't it? Uh, well, the English Amateur Tour, it, it offers a European card, does it not? Yeah. Uh, but what the English Amateur Champion, that what that offers is you're the English Amateur Champion. And that, for me, would have been, that would have been enough. But <laughs> some, I, some, some it's not. I, 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 listen, I, I don't want to sound the way I'm sounding, but I... I it has no appeal to me whatsoever. Do you know, if, if I was a player, all right, okay, look, George is sponsored now, okay? He's mm. got sponsors, so a lot of his expenses are going to be covered and entry fees as such are going to be covered. He, it was always a problem in the past for George because yeah. I've known the kid for a long time. Mm -hmm. And that, that that's a lot easier for him. But if I was managing a player uh, of George's quality, I... I would, I would have him on. Obviously, I would have George playing the Q Tour events, uh, primarily the Q Tour events and the English Amateur Tour events, which which provides him with a an opportunity to play for a European, playing the European Championships. In which in which case there's a there's there's an opportunity for a tour card there. So it's all tour card, tour card, tour card. So I'd focus on Q School. I'd focus on Q Tour. I'd 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 restrict it. And I would have him play as many professionals as possible. Yeah. But I wouldn't. I wouldn't have him playing anything else. Yeah. Well, this is this is part of the part of the thing. I I'm not as uh, focused like you, you you said there is on uh, getting onto the professional tour. I think there's there's. Thousands and thousands of people playing snooker every every night of the week. Well, not every night of the week, but weeknights. There's thousands of people playing snooker, you know, in the leagues up and down the country. Uh, very, very, very few of them want to be professionals. In, in the clubs, there's thousands more people playing snooker who don't even think they're good enough to get in the, 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 the team that plays in the league. Mm. There's... Many, many, many thousands of people who want to play. And, yeah, a lot of people who play don't even follow the professional game at all. Mm. I mean, you know, you, you talk to people who are playing in the league and they, they don't even bother 
they don't know who's playing, who's playing when. Uh, they don't know who's finished, who's good, who's not. Uh, there's, there's a lot more to snooker than professional snooker. And that's my focus on amateur snooker. No, yeah, you're, you're, you're absolutely right. The clubs all survive on it. The coaches all survive on it. It's all about, you know, there's a bit more to snooker. And it's maybe where some people, some organisations have got a bit too professional bias, too, you know, too a card bias. Uh, I, I don't think so. I think, you know, uh, it was uh, Mark Callan who was saying recently, you know, that people who were in the uh, European Championships who'd already got their pro tickets for the following year, this season, if you like, shouldn't be playing because the winners get a pro ticket. And he's saying, no, you're, play, you're not playing for a pro ticket. You're playing to be the European Amateur Champion. It's fair enough for me. That's that's what it's about. If yeah, but, you were... yeah, but this is this is from a perspective of players like George, uh, yeah. Michael. Yeah, I'm just looking from him his perspective because George George is as good as many players on the lower end of the tour. I know he is, yeah. and he, he was very close to getting on the tour uh, yeah. a few seasons oh. ago on the playoffs. You know, so George George's focus really in, yeah. in, in that respect is to get on a tour. But, and yeah. you're right, there's a lot of really good amateur snooker players out there who know they're not going to make a living in the game and they'd like to take a title. Yeah. You know, and I would encourage those lads, it's just, you know, just as you, you know, to re-hit what you said there, you know, I, I would encourage those lads to just to just go for those titles. There's a big difference, Mike, Michael, big difference between players who just want to play and enjoy the game and know they're good. There's a lot of really great amateur snooker players out there who score really well, enjoy the game, who will never make a living in the game. Very few of them are going to make a good living in the game. Yeah. yeah. And uh, we, we see that, very clearly see that when they drop on and off the tour. But, um, you know, and talking to players like that, just to extend that, because we're running a wee bit behind, because uh, yeah. we couldn't shut Brendan Muir up. Uh, <laughs> thanks very much, Michael, for uh, sponsoring the, the, the Pro-Am at Brighton over the weekend there. It was a really good tour. I really enjoyed the tournament. You know, you had a you had a really nice mix of top amateur yeah, yeah. players there and a, and a couple of ex-professionals. And, you know, uh, Zach Richardson won that tournament. You know, mm-hmm. and you know what, Michael? He's one of those names. He's one of those guys who's... Uh, Zach's in his 30s now, his mid-30s now, who... who uh, kind of sort of backed off, you know, with with uh, it, for, for a lot of different reasons for trying to get on the tour because he's this is this is a young guy who is probably better than quite a lot of the players who are already on the tour, Michael. You know, but you know, there's a lot of lads like this who can turn up and win a very tough pro arm and yeah. play as well as he did. He hit lots of hundred breaks that day, by the way, Michael. Loads of hundred breaks, and he scored heavy all day. He lost up until the final. I think he lost one frame, and then he beat Darminder. Uh, he beat Darminder Singh, uh, Lily Singh, uh, in the final. Darminder, as a lot of people know, is a very good seniors player. He's a world champion as well. Um, uh, seniors world champion. He's. Uh, uh, we're going to speak to him in the next few days, but. Uh, caught up with Zach actually, Michael. Should we have a little listen to Zach? We we caught up with Zach who won your pro arm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 
in the Brighton club on Sunday. Let's, let's see what he had to say anyway. Goal. You never know who he's going to turn up. You get a nice mix of juniors, seniors, and fellows your age. What are you, about 45 now, I think? Yeah, 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 50. But, <laughs> you know, and then you get pensioners as well, like Andy Norman and Gary Filthus. And yourself. Don't they get on your nerves, don't they? Yeah. Don't yeah. they get on your nerves? They do. I had to, listen, I had to put up with Filthus all day yesterday. You know what I mean? Never mind anybody else. And it gives me a terrible headache, and I couldn't drink because I had to go to work. Anyway, like, listen, Zach, yesterday, like like many other programs down at the club, you know, there, there's there's days when you – there's sometimes you come down there and you don't shine. You're just not on it. You know, you can't you can't hit the ball. And I've seen some of those days, and you, you feel like you just want to walk out. But the days that I've seen you come down to the club and play really good amateurs like you played yesterday and a few other tournaments that you won at the club – you played well because you queued well. You're scoring very, very heavy all day. You don't like you don't look like losing a lot of frames. Mm -hmm. And you're as I said, you're queuing your long ball pattern was outstanding. You know, you you didn't miss very much, you know. So I think you enjoyed it as much as anybody did yesterday. How did you feel yourself yesterday? I felt um I felt surprised because I pretty for the last week or so. So um I kind of came here hoping I'd get going in the first game and uh, I ended up playing really well in the first I had um, a few big, big breaks um, and that kind of settled me for the day really Poor wee Eddie Jones eh? Yeah You know what, the worst thing was Zach, he did the draw <laughs> Poor kid, he came down he came down for a bit of experience and he gets the winner you know? yeah, Of course you had John John Gillard is, just to mention to the viewers, John Gillard's a local Coach John's games improved a lot. He's a, he's always been a John's always been a good pro -arm player as much as he hasn't played a lot of competitions. And I hope when he watches this and reflects on his play yesterday, I hope he does get involved with more of the scratch events in the club. But uh, just talk us through your your match with John. I know you you did on four nil, I've, but I've known John like twenty years, nearly 15, 20 years. I said to him yesterday, I said, uh, you know, I know I won. Oh, it, the scoreline was convincing, but I could have easily been 2-1 down. I needed a snooker in the third, uh, managed to get that and win. And then he had a 55 in the third, and I managed to nick that frame as well. So, yeah, 4-0 four four wasn't a fair scoreline at all, really. But I played pretty solid. I played pretty solid against him and Tam. Mm -hmm. I, I think the, the match I struggled in the most was the final, really. Um oh. I think, yeah, I think it was just a long, long day. You know, I was tired. I don't know. Yeah. It was. And it's good. You know, Dar is a, he's always a very intimidating player to play. You know, he, he um, he's a very attacking player. Mm. Probably a bit like Tom, actually, in, in, in the sense that he, you know, he's, he's, he's not short of attacking, is he? No. He's such, a, he's such a great potter. You know, you kind of hope he'll miss it and leave you something, you know, make a mistake. Because yeah. he's a body player. His, his long game was a bit frightening, to be honest. And I'm, God, I really don't know what to leave. I don't know what I can leave him. So um, I think that put me on the back foot a little bit. And then I didn't settle very well after. Uh -huh. So what's your plans for the rest of the year? Are you making any... I, I know that it's up and down with you and you're not too sure about whether you want to be, be competitive or, or just stay in the background. Would you, Are you thinking possibly about going to Q school? I, it's definitely... Um, Ability, I think, of going back again. Yeah, uh -huh. I haven't done it for about five years now. So, 
Mm-hmm. I'm kind of getting the the bug back. I kind of want to do it again. So uh-huh. we'll see. We'll see. We're getting nearer the time. February, March. I sort of know for sure what I want to do. Well, look, listen, mate. Thanks for coming on the stream for just a few minutes. Uh, I want to see you keep practicing down there at the club, and I'd love to see you get involved with Q School because if you play anywhere near like you did for most of those frames that you played yesterday. Uh, not too many at Q schools going to have an easy time with you. All right. Thanks very much for joining us. Yes, just stay online there, Zach, anyway. Just while I... Uh... I'll tell you what, Michael. The thing is with this kid is he is his is, is, is best result was that he got to the last 16 uh, off the Paul Hunter uh, Open. Yeah. At that time, I think at that time, I think it was about seven years ago, he beat Rory McLeod in the last 32, and then I think Tom Ford beat him in the last 16. And the, I think at this time, I'm not sure that was a ranking event. A ranking event at that time, it is now, is it? Is, is it now? But that was his biggest. That was his biggest achievement, I think. And he, you know, look, he's known across the circuit. He's very, very good friends with Jimmy Robertson, yeah. who he practices with then again. And you know, he, he's a very talented young player that just. We just don't know anything about. And there's a lot of amateur. It's like I said to you just before I showed you the interview. I mean, there's a lot of players like him out there, Michael. It just they're not interested. They're not interested. They're not interested because they know they know uh it's unlikely. They know they're probably better than some of the players on the tour. Well, it's a it's a different thing now, isn't it? And I think there's gonna be maybe a lot of people who'll think differently because of the 40k that they're going to get over two years if that carries on let's just assume it will carry on because most most people say it's a great idea uh there are one or two who don't like it for whatever reason but uh if you've got if you get on the tour and you give it and you and you're more or less well you're guaranteed 40 40k well over that two years that's taking the pressure off Whereas, you know, before, you, you were thinking, well, I can't pack up work. Mm. You know, especially when, you know, they got the, the uh, open draw format where you're going to get uh, whoever, top 32 players straight away. You know, it, it's very difficult. But no, people like Zach and, and George can think about these things a bit more seriously and they could think, well... You know, and the sponsors can say, right, well, if we get you on the tour, at least you've got 20 grand. You know, to start. Massive, massive difference. And there's going to be a lot of people who, who, who said it already, dust the cues off or whatever, you know. They'll think about it. There's a lot of people who are going to say, you know, I wish I'd have had that chance back in my day. They, obviously, they're going to they say that because, you know, it's always been said that the professionals should get should get paid for entertaining, and Barry Hearn himself always said it's an entertainment business. So why not get paid to entertain? I don't know. Big difference now, and we, we, should, we, we might see a lot of different amateurs coming through. Mm-hmm. All right, guys, we're going to wrap this up. All right. We, we kind of run, run out of time, and uh, we, we, we don't really want to run this more than we run it already. We're trying to keep these streams down to about an hour. So what we're going to do, Michael, if it's okay with you, what we're going to do next month, 
we will carry forward um, this discussion on the draw system, the pro professional ranking tournament draw system, and the tearing of um, and the seeding of of the players. We will leave that until next month, where we'll have a more in depth sort of chat with the players about that. We'll get some yeah. players on to talk about that. I think I think that's probably pretty much going to be a show on its own, mate. You know, it, it is. It's going to take up a lot of time. There's also some other things uh, next month. Next month, I'm going to get on uh, a chat. We're going to get on Phil Cross from Lincoln Snooker Club. Uh, I'm going to be running an event for Phil in the new year in January. It is club. He's, he, he wants to get some uh, competitions involved. Uh, local uh, top amateur Stephen Halworth is is based there. Um, we're going to have a chat with Phil. We're going to have a little chat about his club and, and yeah. talk about what, the kind of ideas he's got and how he wants to move forward. We're going to be doing that next time around, guys. We're going to be keeping you up to date with all the pro-am stuff that's pending as well. And I think we're going to get uh, Michael, are we going to get John Hunter on from Q Stars? Yeah, we're 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 doing that. I don't know yet. I'll have a word with John and, and Tim and see what they want to do. We might even be able to do a Q Stars special. Fit that in between yeah. somewhere. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Uh, well, yeah. obviously we'll give people notice and we'll, we'll do that. But a, a Q Stars special might be might be good. You know, okay. we could worry about. So we'll have a little rummage through that there and see what we can dig up. Yeah. So, yeah, send in your views, guys. Send us, uh, myself or Michael, any messages if you have any views on the content today. Um, uh, again, guys, thanks very much for the questions you, you brought in. I know some of you are probably going to take a look at this on YouTube a bit later as we upload it. I'll upload the YouTube link on Amateur Snooker and Snooker Hub and and anywhere else that you, you might want to take a look at this again. Uh, it's just for you. It's for your views. And just come back to us and let us know what you want to do. If you want to come on here and talk about something, if you want to represent a club, if you want to talk about a club, if you'd like us to try and promote a club or amateur snooker, then just get in touch with myself or Michael, and we'll do our very, very best to get you on here. And, yep. and have a chat. So you pretty much know what we're doing next month, guys. So just keep in touch with us. We'll post the date for you. And thanks very much for joining us live. Yeah, thank you, guys. You know, Michael, why do you have to talk so much? I'm trying to keep these streams down to a minimum. You know what I mean? You keep going on. Brandon, I couldn't oh, shut him up. He talked more than Collier, you know. Where is it going away?